So I absolutely believe that the data map is the is the core and is the most important element of, of uh, any governance program and certainly a privacy program. We didn't start that way. As I mentioned, we started with really automating the fulfillment of, of access requests because that's the recurring operational burden on a company. And we didn't really start with data mapping. And we quickly realized that without a good data map, you just can't have an effective governance program. If you just start with the concept of transparency, if you're a, a good actor and you're trying to do the right things, like so many companies out there, and I'd say every one of our customers, that you're trying to do the right thing, how can you do the right thing if you don't know what data you're collecting and how you're using it? So at the very first point of, of privacy, that transparency element, the company needs to know and understand just what am I collecting and what am I doing with this data? As you, you move forward in your, your journey though of privacy and, and governance, you find that that data map is at the heart of so much of your work. Yeah. This comes uh, particularly important in an incident response. Um, we had a, a, a customer with an incident not too long ago and we got involved in uh, in the forensic analysis and then in the, the notification phase. And what we found was the data map was the most important piece to this because you have to know where was this data collected? Where did it go? You know, who did we send it to? What vendors, what third parties, what systems are, are leveraging that data? How sensitive is it? And that you can only find out from, from your data map. And in fact, what we've seen um, is that this is now becoming more and more important to cyber insurance carriers. Uh, I did a, a webinar about two weeks ago with um, one of the underwriters from uh, Martian McLenna, which is a, a very large uh, cyber insurance broker here in the United States. And they talked about the importance of, of the data map uh, and, and almost the, the number one thing they wanted to see. What we've seen with cyber rates is if you can get your policy renewed, which a lot of people can't, but if you can get it renewed, premiums are going up 40% or even more. Uh, and what can you do about that? You can show the, the underwriter that, hey, at least I have a handle on my data. I know where my data is. I have processes in place to track it. Um, so it's, it's, it's very much, uh, I think, the center point of most uh, compliance companies. And I'll just mention one other thing that's important about the data map, and that is kind of bringing together the various pieces in your company. You know, so many privacy officers, I think they're not contributing revenue to the company. And so they're a little bit shy about engaging yeah. their their peers and and often, you know, kind of want to be blend into the background as much as they can. But a place where they can raise their hand and say, hey, I'm on a topic that's important to the company. This is a board level conversation. This is a C-level conversation yeah. is around the cyber secure the cybersecurity um, policy renewal and incident response. And they can say, look, I can add a lot of value here through the data mapping exercise. I can have an independent data map. So even in an encryption event, I will have an independent source for this um, and I'll keep this up to date. We've got policies in place to make sure that that as things change, they were notified. And it's a place where actually that privacy officer often can shine and can bring added value to the organization rather than just being kind of a checkbox of, of compliance. 
Absolutely. And I think they can not only they do it from cybersecurity perspective, they can even link it to the marketing or analytics or digital teams which are looking to say we want to leverage data, we want to be a data oriented company, but how do you become a data powered company? You got to know your data, you got to have your data flows in place, and only then you can make your maps and say, hey, how do we can do this with this data, but you got to have that data. But linked to it, I was about to say something. It's just, it's so important to understand where your data is. And it sounds so simple, but as we go through the, you know, we have an automated data mapping tool so as we connect to systems, um, we automatically create a draft data map. And you know, you connect to your CRM, and it's like, okay, here's the 27 fields. Our AI engine is yeah. cat categorized them in this way. You know, there's three of them we don't understand. Please tell us how those are used. And what you get from the company is like, I have no idea what those three fields are. <laughs> like, what, what is, where do, why are we collecting them? We had one that was like they were collecting information about their delivery company and they were collecting information about the type of pet that the person had in the home you know large medium small dog or what they were and, mm -hmm. and and they were like nobody really knows why we have this information and it's it's surprising how often this comes up with companies when you start especially when you start adding some automated tools to collect that um, that data map, you start to create some questions in the organization. And you know, if you end up with any data fields in your data map that you don't know what it's for, then you shouldn't be collecting that information. Absolutely, that's the first thing. Because when you get in control of your data, you look at what's the legitimate basis of processing. And sometimes you don't have any legitimate processing reason and or a need, and then you say, Let's stop collecting it. But when we talk about all this, this is all about structured data. But we all know that organizations also have something like files, SharePoints, emails, and who God knows where all the data is stored. And we call that unstructured data. So when we talk about these data maps, do they relate to structured data, which is natural, but do they also relate to unstructured data? And if they are, why should they relate to unstructured data as well? So you have to you have to have the continuum of data because companies have data. They we tend to think of it as I'm an engineer as well. We tend to think of it as structured versus unstructured data. You know <laughs> what's in a database versus what's in a text message. Right. But in reality, governance applies to data, all kinds of data, whether it's in a spreadsheet uh, or a PDF file or a text message or a, or a structured uh, system like a database or or a CRM, and. For us at, at Trio, we're very strong in structured data. You know, we have hundreds of connectors into structured data systems. We're very, very good at that. We really didn't extend our platform into unstructured data. And so we, we created a, a new partnership with Ignite. And Ignite is a uh, like a like a SharePoint um, kind of system, but it's also used for governance. They're very strong in unstructured data in text messages, in PDFs, in emails, in shared data uh, locations. Mm -hmm. And so we've correct, created a very tight integration between our two systems so that you can have governance programs and privacy programs that span both sides. We've done that relatively recently because at least in the US, the maturity model is that most companies kind of started with the structured data for one thing, it's where more of the data is. 
uh, more rows of data and, and more pieces of data tend to be in structured systems. Unstructured systems tend to be a lot harder to get to. And yep. they also tend to be, um, at least in the US, under CCPA, employment data isn't in scope yet. It will be under CPRA. You know, so in, in, in 14 months, it'll be in scope, but it's not in scope today. So you could focus on the structured systems kind of like we did, but but very soon we have to get into those uh, unstructured repositories as well. And so our partnership with Ignite allows you to have really kind of best of breed in, in structured coming together with best of breed in, in unstructured. And so our data mapping capabilities, our DSAR fulfillment capabilities, uh, assessment, vendor management, risk management, but especially data mapping is now shared between those um, those two systems, all the unstructured stuff through Ignite and all the structured stuff through us. It's really becoming important because there's no exemption under GDPR for, yep. well, that's just a text message. I don't have to, I don't have to have governance over that. There's no such thing. You have to have all of those pieces and you have to span all those pieces of, of data. And the first step in that is just understanding where it is. And often yep. there's a journey, you know, there's a lineage to that unstructured data where somebody took something that was structured and added it to an email as an attachment. And it became unstructured from that kind of origination and structured system. So we can kind of track that evolution and governance uh, and we can understand where pieces fit together. But most importantly, when you're fulfilling a privacy request, a delete request um, in particular, but, but just an access request, we can now span all of those systems. And now we can span all of the systems in your, in your data map. Thanks for listening. If you liked the show, feel free to share it with a friend and write a review. If you have already done so, thank you so much. And if you did not like the show, don't bother and forget about it. Take care and stay safe. Until next time, goodbye. If you have questions or suggestions, feel free to drop an email at hello at fit4privacy.com. That's hello at F-I-T, the number four, privacy.com.